At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard with you here on a Thursday, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circus Sportsbook and the Resort and Casino. Uh, we are loaded today. Uh, it is Thursdays with the Maestro Mike Palman studio coming up in an hour. And uh, look at this Paul Stone, greatest guy you'll ever meet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dynamite on uh, betting and handicapping college yep. football in studio with us here bright and early as he's getting ready for week one plays and to. You know, fire on all these contests that are around Las Vegas. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing well. Glad to be with you guys. Uh, Thursday night full of college football. Uh, just, uh, I guess it starts in about, gosh, what are we starting? About 10 hours. So this this is going to be a great day, a great weekend, and uh, excited to get it started. Mm-hmm. Now, how many, how many contests do you plan on getting involved with this year? They can be NFL or college or whatever. You know, I'm going to sign up the Golden Nugget in their combination college-NFL uh, contest. I'll be in that one. And then uh, William Hill, their college football contest. I'm going to enter that one. And then I'm supposedly going to enter the Circus Survivor contest. But, uh, you know, NFL is not really where I focus my energy. So I'm starting to have second thoughts. I'm thinking maybe I should give that 1000 to one of my favorite charities. But uh, I'm supposed to sign up for that one. So I guess I'll be in that one as well. All right. Um, You've done well in the nugget before. I think you cashed on both entries a couple years ago, the first time we met you. Are you aware of this overlay in the William Hill? It's $880,000 overlay. I'm, I'm definitely, I was hoping you wouldn't mention it, okay. but uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm aware of it. I mean, right, it's, a, it's yeah. a very attractive, uh, you know, overlay, especially for, for people who are trying to find value. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to get a pretty good uh, run of entries at the end, but I can't imagine that they're going to get to even on it. So, yeah, very attractive uh Contest there, I think you uh, pick eight games a week, and yeah, it's hard not to enter that one. Well, it's a it's a great contest, and they up the entry level, but I I think you have to you can't do it on the app. So that's I, I don't know about that. I, I still think you're going to get a huge overlay because of uh, I think it's only yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you can use a kiosk. I think you have to enter the picks at the window. Yeah, in person at okay. the window. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that no, that make it that make a difference. I mean, people, okay. you know, the convenience of it. Right, uh, right. Yeah, I've got a proxy, so I'll be. Uh, how many how many entries can you have in that contest? Five, five, you can have right? five, you can in have that five one. entries in it. Yep. Are you going to go full boat there? Yep. Get all get five. Or are you going to do a couple? Or I'm going to do I'm going to do the full five, oh, yeah. and I'll do the full three in the golden nugget. Right. Mm. Gangster, good for you. <laughs> how about eight picks a week though? They said uh, our friend. Well, uh, there was changes at William Hill now, but they said they're going to have a full card, full menu. Betting menu, and that you're going to need that. With usually they didn't have that, but you're going to have eight games. You have to pick a week eight. Yes, right, and that's much more attractive. I mean, up until this year, I know in recent years I'd participated in that contest in the past, but I think they only put like twenty. You only had to pick five games in the past, but they only put twenty five games up, so it was almost like a lottery ticket. 
I think there was a little bit less skill involved when you have the shorter card. When you broaden the card, it makes it more of a, a skill contest. So Okay, so uh, as long as you're with us in the studio today, you're going to stick around for a couple of segments here. We're going to have you preview the SEC. Uh, we will get into some of the Week 1 games that you like. Tonight's card as well. Um, but w- what do you think? What are... What are some of the best bets that you have right now, you think, for week one? And we'll run down some of the schedule here, but what have you bet so far at this point? Well, you know, it's kind of a blur at this point because I bet most of my week one games back in late June sure. at the, down at the South Point when Chris put them up down there. But, uh, you know, I took Louisiana Lafayette plus 10 way back when. I still like them at plus eight. You know, I think that's an, a, an attractive play. And, uh, you know, I like, um, I like a game we'll talk about tonight and the Thursday night game. I don't want to spoil the um, – uh, you know the team that I'm going to be on, but I like that uh, Ohio State uh, Minnesota game as well. Okay, you think you think Tech can go there and beat Texas outright? Louisiana? Yeah, I'm sorry, Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah, you know I think there's a I think there's a chance. You know you got a you got a young football team. You know this is not a top ten mm-hmm. roster. Uh, they've got a lot of new faces throughout the lineup. You've got a new coaching staff. Obviously, you've got a first time starting quarterback. Uh, you just got a lot of questions. And and any time a college football team is rolled out in week one, even if they're experienced with a holdover staff, you never know what you're going to get. And now you've got a team that's a young football team with a new quarterback, a lot of new players, and, uh, a new, you know, it's just uh, Louisiana's a, a veteran team. They've got uh, the super seniors really benefited that team, one of the most experienced teams in all of college football. I've got an experienced quarterback in Levi Lewis. Uh, Billy Napier's done a tremendous job there, and I think Louisiana's mm-hmm. – uh, you know, prime, uh, you know, Texas is prime for the picking, but at the same time, you know, it's not going to be an ambush. People know. Uh, yeah, and you bet it at 10, select it at 8. Welcome in. It's Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard, uh, college football handicapper and better Paul Stone with us here this hour in studio. So why don't we get to some of the Week 1 games then on Saturday. Uh, beyond that, obviously, uh, the Clemson-Georgia game. I, I, I believe that this game got down to 2.5 at some spots yesterday. Right, you know, it, it, two and a half, and I was so busy yesterday, I was traveling as well. But, you know, this this is obviously the highlight game of the week. You've got uh, two of the uh, most storied programs, especially in recent history, and, and they've got some questions as well throughout their lineup. And, uh, you know, it's a tough one to handicap. I, I like to go down card typically anyway, but the, the three is really a solid number. Uh, Georgia, you know, their quarterback, JT Daniels, he played four games last year. Uh, against Missouri, Mississippi State, and South Carolina, and then was fortunate to beat Cincinnati uh, in the uh, bowl game, and now he's kind of all of a sudden a Heisman Trophy candidate. And based on that four-game dress rehearsal, I'm not sure if he's uh, quite at that point. So uh, I'll be anxious to see what Georgia has. Georgia obviously has some some injuries at the receiver position uh, yep. with George Pickens and some others. And, um, you know, Clemson's uh, Clemson, so it'll be uh, – be a great one to watch, but as of right now, I'm not involved in that game. Okay. How about Alabama and Miami? I mean, Saban's done a great job here coming out and putting the hammer down in these week one games and blowing people out. It's a big number. Can Miami hang with King? Yeah, I think the number's right. Again, this was a game I bet earlier at the at the South Point doesn't do us any good today, but they opened, I think, at 13 down at the South Point, did Alabama. And this is a game, as you mm-hmm. indicated, I mean, the Crimson Tide have been, uh, they've been gold in these season opening neutral site type games. Alabama has some holes, there's no question, especially on offense. They, they obviously recruit nothing but five stars, uh, but they're not as good at the skill positions. There's just no way. Uh, and Bryce Young, he's a ballyhooed five-star recruit from the state of California and, uh, you know, replacing Mac Jones. A lot of people thought Young would 
be the quarterback last year. Mm-hmm. They thought he would uh, beat out Jones for the position, but he hadn't played a whole lot of football, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what my what Miami's got. But Miami's defense, you know, there were a few games last year they just got torched. Oh, so you've got you got the North worry. Carolina game, North that, Carolina. Oh yeah, oh my, the run seven hundred yards. Oh, seven, yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. it was it was a it was a beatdown. So you've got to be concerned uh, about that defense, uh, even against a, an Alabama team. They'll be breaking in some new players. I want to ask you about the uh, LSU UCLA game, and this might sound like a really dumb question, but let me explain it first here, uh, and I'm going to compare it to Shohei Otani and his numbers to win the MVP this year in the American League. When he was 30 to one at a lot of spots, Paul, before the season started, and as you could tell, the season he was putting together, his odds were dropping by the week, right down to 10 to one, seven to one, six to one, five to one. And we've had a guest on the show who said, "Well, who cares? He missed 30. The guy's going to win the award. Hop in at seven, six, five, whatever you can get on the guy. Now he's like minus six thousand to win it. He's going to win no matter what if he doesn't play for the rest of the year. If you liked UCLA, but you missed four, or maybe the four and a half, I think that was out there at some spots, and now it's down to down to three. Yes, you missed the best number, but as we've gotten more information with the hurricane and how difficult this might be for LSU, could you still make a case to bet to bet the three and UCLA at home, even though you're not getting that best number that was available recently at four or four and a half? Yeah, I think if you like the UCLA side, obviously you couldn't take two and a half, but three is just a you know it's just a point, and uh, if you liked them at uh, plus four, uh, I think you could still do that. It is a Interesting game. I think, you know, we overreact to results, uh, and we'll do it a lot this week. So you've got to kind of, uh, you know, focus and be sure you're not doing that. But I'm not sure we know exactly what we've got in UCLA. Yeah. They were 10-21 and 21 in Chip Kelly's first three seasons. They beat a Hawaii team uh, in convincing fashion, 44-10, to 10, in a game that was never competitive. But I still think LSU's the, uh, the better team. Uh, from the better conference, uh, they're not a you know they're not a great football team LSU by any stretch, uh, but I played LSU minus three and I like the LSU side. But I, I from your perspective, if a person does like UCLA and they miss the best number, uh, you know I still think plus three is uh, you know it's it, it's doable if you like that side. Okay, copy. How about the Friday night game, North Carolina against Virginia Tech? It's a big game for Fuente. And going back the last three years, when you look at the record and he. Lost to some, you know, East Carolina. Uh, Liberty got him. He has some uh, questionable losses. And a lot of hype now with North Carolina. Oh, yeah. It's only well, five, and a half, five and a half on the road. Yeah, I tell you, you know, Justin Fuente, uh, a former Oklahoma quarterback, he's had difficulties there in Black, Blacksburg. Uh, a lot of players have exited the program under his leadership, and uh, that's got to be a little bit troublesome for the alumni and so forth. What I looked at in this game, and I hadn't played it yet, but last year – the total in this game was 57 and a half. Okay. The team scored 101 points. It was 56-45. <laughs> there were at least 21 points in every quarter in that game. They combined for over 1,150 yards. But you come this year, 57 and a half, it closed last year. Now the total, I think, this morning I saw 63 and a half. North Carolina's lost two 1,000-yard rushers off last year's team, an 1,100-yard receiver in Deami Brown, and just from a – a number standpoint, guys who like to look at numbers, you're kind of getting in front of a freight train going under in this game. But the difference in the 57 and a half that it closed in last year and the 63 and a half that we're seeing this morning, uh, it's very tempting for me to take a strong look at that under in that game. Uh, what do you make of the Penn State Wisconsin game? I like the way that they're matching some of these Big Ten teams together right away in week one here. Wisconsin, the home team here, and the favorite, obviously. 
I mean, yeah, the Big Ten's doing a, a great job coming out of the gate with their scheduling. Um, you know, it wasn't a great football game last week, but coming out with a conference game, uh, Nebraska-Illinois last Saturday. But this game, uh, there's a lot of games week one before we start getting data points and before we start seeing teams perform on the field that I call head scratchers. And, and this one's a tough one to to put my arms around. I mean, Wisconsin, with that offensive line and that running attack, I think I'm correct in saying they averaged less than four yards a carry last year. But they, I think they averaged around 165, 170 yards rushing a game. And I know it was an unusual season, but they go for well over 200 uh, every season in that running attack. So I'm a little bit concerned there. I'm not sure exactly what we've got with Penn State. You know, they had the bad start last year, and they, they rallied to win, I guess, their last four and go four and five. But they didn't really beat anybody. And uh, I, I don't uh, – you know, these these teams both have some question marks. So this is definitely one that I'm just going to – I've got too many questions, so I'll be on the sideline, but watching with great interest. Okay. Where are you at with Indiana? Did you think they, was, or they were lucky last year, caught a lot of breaks? And are you looking to bet against them this year? Well, you know, I think they were. I think they were fortunate, obviously, in that first game on the two-point conversion run by yeah. Michael Penix Jr. And we'll be able to quit talking about that here when games <laughs> start on Saturday. But uh, you know, I thought that was obviously a break. And but just some of the things, maybe just good fortune. You know, they they won. I think they were an underdog. I know they won three times last year as the betting underdog. I think that was every time they were the underdog, maybe. But in any event, you know, they won some games as the betting underdog outright. They won some close games. Uh, but they're you know they're a talented roster. There's no question about it. But they're ranked for the first time I think since the late 1960s, and I just think <laughs> it's difficult when you're you're kind of under the radar and nobody's circling you on their schedule. Mm-hmm. And now when they look at that schedule, that's a game that, that's going to draw their attention. Uh, and Iowa, you know, never looks really all that sexy on paper. Uh, I think we're seeing universally three right now, and I think that number's right. Uh, but but I think Indiana's probably going to come down to earth a little bit. But Tom Allen's a special guy, special coach. He's got a lot of energy around that program. And if Michael Penix Jr. can stay healthy, you know, they might just might just do it again. The last two years, if you played the Hoosiers blindly uh, against the spread in all games, you've done pretty well. Okay, we'll get to Ohio State, Minnesota, and the Boise Central Florida game coming up. Follow the money, Paulie and Mitch Vies and the Sports Betting Network. Paul Stone, our guest. Uh, we'll preview the SEC in a second as well. How about Temple? Rapid fire. Temple, Rutgers. Temple program headed in the wrong direction. They built it up, and now one win last year. Ugly. Uh, couldn't stop anybody. And uh, the Rutgers won three games. This is now over. Yeah, it's, but now it's up to 14 and a half tonight. Yeah, I think it just shows you how far that Temple program has dropped since Matt Rule left. Uh, you know, sad, to, sad to watch, but Temple's one of the, you know, they're one of the worst uh, – Certainly a bottom 20 team in all of college football. It'll be interesting to see. I think they've got a sellout there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Greg Schiano has uh, re-energized that program again, and, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. Okay. App State and East Carolina, any thoughts? You know, I, I took East Carolina at the, uh, at the opener at South Point. I think I got 13 points. Uh, you know, I've got a little bit of concern about Sean Clark, the former oh, offensive sure. line coach who's the head coach now at Appalachian State. Uh, they're maybe not quite as good uh, defensively. They're going to be starting at quarterback Chase Bryce, a guy that last year at Duke, I believe he led the nation in interceptions, which is really not a category you want to be on top in. So a little bit of concern there. But I took East Carolina, uh, got a uh, great quarterback in Houghton, uh, Aylers, and, uh, yeah, that'll be mm-hmm. a good one to watch. Okay. You mentioned uh, in, in the betting guide that Tennessee had a uh, mass excess of all the guys leaving with the transfer portal they opened 27 against bowling green 
Now they're up to 35, and the totals come down as well. But Bowling Green, one of the worst teams in the country. How do you think Heupel's going to do? I mean, Josh Heupel has inherited just a uh, almost an undoable situation at Tennessee. Uh, don't want to be doom and gloom, but they've lost 24 players in the transfer portal. And not just any players, they've lost two running backs. They lost Eric Gray to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Ty Chandler to North Carolina, lost their best defensive player, uh, Henry Toa Toa, the linebacker to Alabama. I think he'll be a immediate uh, impact for the Crimson Tide there at the linebacking position. They've got NCAA uh, problems hovering over the program. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's a tough do, of course, you know, playing Bowling Green, <laughs> playing 35. I, I won't, you know, I might look at it in game or something, but uh, I, I think they've got really an uphill climb there in Knoxville. How about a couple of teams that played in week zero? Uh, your thoughts on Fresno State against UConn? I thought they were actually maybe outplayed early on in the game. And then the box score was, you know, all Fresno State. UConn essentially did nothing. They covered, shut them out, getting 21 against Oregon. And the other game is uh, San Jose State against USC, Paul. And I'm seeing that number was, what, 16 and a half, I believe, back in the summertime. It's now 14 for the Trojans today. Yeah, the, um, you know, first of all, as far as the San Jose-USC game, San Jose State, I think it was, was it Ball State last year? I'm going blank, beat them in the, the bowl, bowl yes. game. Yes, That That kind of shocked me. I really thought San Jose State was going to be the superior team. So that kind of has caused me to take a little pause on uh, San Jose State. Historically, the Mountain West and, and non-conference games is not, uh, you know, if you faded those teams, you'd probably do pretty well. Uh, they've got a lot of veterans, got a nice uh, veteran quarterback in Starkle. And, uh, you know, uh, Clay Helton hadn't been all that great as a uh, as a double-digit favorite. So if I was going to do anything, I hadn't done anything, but I would have to look at the Fresno side. And then the other game that we were talking about San Jose was... State, yeah. And then the Fresno. I said the San Jose, right. And then, you know, Fresno against UConn last week, um, I think UConn had 108 yards. Yeah, yeah. That's what I call this kind of a throwaway game. I don't even look at it uh, mm-hmm. from a handicapping standpoint because I just – I think, you know, we know UConn is so bad along with, you know, New Mexico State and UMass uh, games when, when teams beat up on those teams. I'm just not going to adjust the, the yeah. winning team's power rating because it's just uh, – it's like the, you know, I always like – to say it's like the sixth grade playing the fourth grade on the playground. You know, sixth grade is going to beat the dog out of them. So <laughs> I don't put a whole lot of stock in it. And, uh, you know, I'm still, the jury's still out on Fresno State in my mind. So you mentioned all these contests you're going to get. And what advice do you have for people in contests? Because you've done so well. I don't want to give away the, you know, the secret recipe, but no, I'm kidding. You, you know, you just, you just study and you, you know, you, you're, you're going to take some so called stale numbers. There's no mm-hmm. question about it. You're going to take numbers. The, the, the card comes out depending on the contest, you know, either Wednesday or Thursday or whatever day it comes out. And by the deadline submission, you have some numbers where you can get some value. But you can't, just like Chris, I think uh, Vegas Chris was on uh, one of the programs on VEASAN this week. You, you can't just take stale numbers and win. You know, you've got, to, you've got to do something different. You can't be like everybody else and emerge from the pack. So, you know, have some uniqueness. If you're able to do um, multiple entries, like in the Golden Nugget contest for interest, in, in, instance excuse me if you can do three uh three entries do one that's your best picks uh do one that's maybe uh, the ones that didn't quite make it kind of a blend and then maybe do one you know nothing but dogs and you know if you do kind mm. of three different approaches whatever your angles are you know you might have one that emerges maybe even two towards the end of the contest then you can kind of uh re- reassess the situation and kind of decide how you want to go from there what do you do with like if the, william hill when you have five entries how many entries will you use the same play in all of them. I don't know. You know, some contest players like to they, they just do the same selections on all their entries, and they just they they uh-huh. hope they start out hot, 
And uh, that's not my approach, though. I, I do um, alter the, the selections on my different uh, cards each week. With five, you know, I've, I've done three entries several times. Five is going to be tough because it's, it's tough enough coming up with three entries that have some uniqueness to them. So it's going to be a challenge, uh, even with a full college football card each week, to come up with five entries on, you know, five entries in five games on all of them. That'll be tough. I or wonder, eight, eight games, rather. Eight yeah, selections on five yeah. entries. I'm sorry. I know what you're saying about Las Vegas, Chris. He pointed that out just by playing stale numbers could be a bad idea. But if you have five entries in a contest, mm. could could you make one entry all stale numbers and, and try to ride that out to see how it goes for the first couple of weeks? Or is that a terrible idea as well? Well, I think a lot of people will be doing that. Is that I was going to say too many people are going to be on that angle. Right. But at the same time, not everybody's going to be be on it. So, uh, you, you know, I certainly couldn't take exception to that approach. If, you, if you're able to have five entries in that contest, uh, you know, maybe do uh, dedicate one or two of them to either all stale numbers or mostly stale numbers and see if you get out in the, you know, the front of the pack a little bit. Sure. Uh, let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And now is the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VSIN Pro Football Betting Guide. Even Paul said he's going to get into the Survivor. I don't think you're going to have cold feet. I think you're going to get the full boat here today as well at Circa. Uh, the guide is only $19.99. It's available right now. Our experts are going to provide, provide profiles on every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up for VSIN All Access and get everything that we offer for the entire football season at vsin.com slash subscribe. Again, that's vsin.com slash subscribe. Like, how much of your time is actually spent on the NFL? Is it 1%, 2% of the week if you're going to be in these contests or a little bit, maybe a little bit more than that? You know, I'd say, you know, less than 5%. I'm, I'm a college football guy, and with college football, you know, last year I concentrated a little bit more on the NFL because uh, there was the, the threat of losing most, if not all, of the college football season. But it's less than 5%. Up next, Paul is going to preview the SEC. He'll recommend a win total. And uh, see if he has a bet on, on an outright winner as well. Maybe he can find somebody other than Alabama. Who knows? We'll ask him about that coming up next. Live today from the OddsTrader.com studio here at Circa Resort and Casino. Go to OddsTrader.com, download the free OddsTrader app right now, start winning with up to the second info that you need. You can get real-time bet tracking and also compare sportsbook sign-up bonuses. The website is OddsTrader.com. Paul Stone, kind enough to join us here in studio on a Thursday morning. Uh, Dynamite with the college football breakdowns, handicapping, betting as well. Uh, and you can subscribe today and listen to the Paul Stone podcast. It's available wherever you listen to your podcast. How about the SEC now? Uh, you have been previewing a different conference every single Thursday now for the last, what, five or six weeks, maybe a little bit longer than that. SEC on the docket today, final one for us. Uh, did you find uh, a regular season win total that you like and an outright winner, or was it just too difficult with the outright winner? You know, it's a little bit difficult in my mind, Mitch, with, with the outright winner. It's just so difficult to go against Alabama. I think there may be uh, – I saw a division to win the West Division to win the East Division, 
and I think Alabama was minus three thirty-five at Bet Rivers. I think that's correct. And you know, again, it's, there's nothing really uh, to inspire people to jump to the window to, to lay minus three thirty-five. But I just don't see if they beat if they beat Texas A&M at College Station. Uh, and I think the number on the games of the year was minus ten, which I, which I think is about right. At minus ten, the money line is going to be in that particular game at A and M will be minus three seventy. So if they beat Texas A and M, they're going to win the SEC West. So mm-hmm. you might lay minus one, minus three thirty five rather, because there's value there. Uh, because I think if they win that game, they're going to absolutely win the SEC West. And it's minus three seventy at minus ten, which is what the line is. But you can get a minus three thirty five to win the West. But I really don't. It's just. Alabama and everybody else, I think the SEC was down last year compared to their standard. I think the SEC's down this year. There's just really no clear-cut challenger to uh, Alabama, Alabama's supremacy in that conference. Georgia's, you know, a, a, an outstanding football team, but I just think they've got, they've got questions. Uh, they're always going to be good on defense, but I don't know if they're going to be great on defense. Uh, they'll be one of the top ten defenses, but obviously defense has to carry the, the day. I'm concerned a little bit about their downfield passing game. You've got to be able to throw the ball to win games at some point. And uh, concerned about that. They do have a great stable of running backs. But uh, in Florida's lost a lot. You know, in Florida last year, as, as good as that offense was with uh, Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts and, and those receivers that they had, Tony, the mm-hmm. guys that they had receiver, they're not as good offensively. And they were really bad defensively last year, especially in the back four. So I just think it's Alabama's conference to, to win again. What about a regular season win total in the conference? You know, we've talked about uh, Tennessee. Um, you know, I just think Josh Heupel has such a, a difficult uh, task here at hand. You know, they've lost 24 players to the transfer portal more than any team uh, in uh, NCAA uh, football. We've we've talked about this, uh, you know, earlier today. You can get them at under six, minus 125. They do have some slam dunk games. They play Bowling Green. Uh, Tennessee Tech and South Alabama, so they kind of start with a three-game head start. But I just don't think they're going to win more than you know two more football games on that schedule. And, and I think playing Tennessee under six at minus one twenty-five, which I've done, I think that's a good play. So, a little bit later on this hour, uh, I, I want to ask you about your top ten power ratings in college football. But for the sake of this segment, talking about the SEC, how do you have that power rated? Is I mean, Bama's number one, followed closely by Georgia. I would assume based on what you're saying, how does it go after Georgia then in this conference? Is it back to LSU or is Florida behind Georgia or how would you have that? You know, I, I think after Georgia, it gets really murky. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could go, but I, I would put uh, LSU and Florida. I think I've got them right outside the top 10, right around the same power rating. They're certainly the uh, the next two teams in that conference. Um Trying to think of anybody else off the top of my head. You know, it'd be LSU or, or Florida's the, the next two teams behind Alabama and Georgia. Where's A&M? Oh, no, I'm sorry. A&M. A&M's number six in the nation. See, it's too early for me. I'm, I'm on central time. I'm, I've got a two-hour head start. I forgot about, about Texas well A&M. I've got Texas yeah. A&M number six in my power ratings, and uh, my apologies to all the Aggie fans out there. A&M's got a – you know, Jimbo Fisher has recruited at such a high level. He's got a new quarterback in Haynes King. Uh, who's uh, the son of a high school football coach there in Texas, uh, John King. Haynes King being from Longview, Texas. They won the state championship a few years ago. Athletic guy. uh, Needs to still put on a little bit of weight, but the guy can run. 
He's a true dual-threat quarterback. And, you know, he's not going to be as good as Kellen Mond coming out of the gate his first, you know, few games. But he might be by midseason, once he gets some experience, Haynes King might not be a drop-off for Mond. The Aggies are a threat. They're, they're a team to watch. How about that? Uh, if Fisher can't even get him into the SEC title game, let's rip up the contract, give you give you more money. <laughs> so it's, it's not how much money is in college football in that conference, obviously. Uh, more with Paul Stone coming up next. Uh, games on the betting board tonight. And I have a question about betting teasers in college football. Most people will say it's a terrible idea. Is it? Days for your winnings, cash out instantly with Bet Rivers feature called Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, the industry leader from exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the most in play betting options out there. As always, get a $250 match bonus, fastest payouts, and only one time playthrough at Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. The offer is valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey, and you must be. 21. Paul Stone in studio with us here, talking college football. We'll get to uh, tonight's card coming up, um, his top 10 power ratings. I want to ask you about betting teasers in college football. I did catch the latest episode of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, and you were talking about how it's really not a good idea. Can you make the case, and I'm looking at you know the games right now this weekend, maybe some of these games in the Big Ten, for example, a, a lower total with the Penn State-Wisconsin game a lower total with the Indiana-Iowa game. And when you can tease through key numbers of uh, 7 and maybe 10 in these two instances, Paul, would it be a, a terrible idea to maybe tease Penn State up to 11.5 in Indiana to 9.5 or so? And you can get creative with the 6-point teasers, 7, whatever you want to do. But in a low-scoring total like that, where it could be a 20-13 to 13 game, is that, is that awful? You know, I th- obviously it makes more sense than if the, you know, the – sides you know say 20 with a, a total of 65 or whatever but and again it's a, it's a better uh, you've got a higher probability of a favorable outcome but if you talk to sports book directors in town i think they would tell you if they're being honest with you that their hold on teasers six six and a half seven point teasers in college football is through the roof i think they would probably be uh they'd almost blush when they told you what their whole percentage is on those teasers. So I think in some, just from a discipline standpoint, I think sometimes it's good just to tell yourself, I'm not going to go there. You know, I'm just not going to involve myself in it. So I wouldn't personally do it. But at the same time, I realize, and I'm not saying I do everything, you know, a lot of times I'm guilty of being the, the person who maybe recommends one thing and say you shouldn't do it. And occasionally I find myself doing the same things I'm preaching against, so to speak. So, uh, you know, a lot of this is enjoyment. Do you, do you want the, you know, how do you want to balance putting yourself in the best possible position to have a, a, a positive bottom line versus, hey, I want to have some fun. You know, I want to have some, some different interest. I want to be looking at the games through a different prism and so forth. So, you know, certainly it's much more favorable when you have a, a tight number uh, and a low total because the, uh, you know, the game's uh, more likely to be close and, and close to the number. For sure. Like, for example, I, I would not want to tease the Central Florida-Boise game tonight. Total of 68 like that, 
anything can happen in that game. No thanks. I would stay away from doing something like that. Right. I mean, a game with a total of 68, you could have in the 80s or the 90s sure. scored. Or like North Carolina and Virginia Tech last year, 101 points scored. So it can really, there can be so much uh, uh, randomness and variance in these outcomes that the higher the total gets, uh, the, the bigger of a no-no playing teasers in college football becomes. Yeah, how about, well how about top 10 power rankings? Yep, I, you know I do. I do power ratings. Uh, I've got Alabama one, Clemson two, Ohio State three, Oklahoma four, uh, Georgia five, A and M six, Iowa State seven. Then from there it becomes very difficult. Uh, there's right, about jump in. you were saying before that that's pr- that pretty much standard. You're going to see that that top seven just about anywhere. Everywhere. I would think you know if a person really does power ratings for the purpose of utilizing them in their sports handicapping process, that those seven teams would maybe not be in that exact order, mm-hmm. certainly, but uh, those seven teams would be in some order. And, and then after that, you have that little drop-off. Okay. Okay. Uh, and in my power ratings, uh, and again, it's just really um, a lot of teams that are even. I've got Oregon 8, uh, Wisconsin 9, and Notre Dame 10. Okay. All right. Other than regular season win totals, you really don't get involved in futures that much, right? Like – to, you know, maybe to win a conference, obviously, but not like a Heisman bet. You might take a flyer on a guy, but to win the national title, it just it's down to like three or four teams every single year. It is. I just don't see value. A lot of times I hear people talk about value in those pools, and I don't think, in, and this is just my opinion, but I don't think necessarily it's value in the true betting sense. It's that you're getting a more favorable a more favorable ticket compared to the field. It's not really value. I mean, if you're taking eight to one, uh, and the probability is actually 20 to 1, there, there's really no value. Uh, so, uh, you know, I stay away from those. But, again, I, I understand that people, uh, that there's a uh, excitement uh, component that's involved in this. And, you know, you can get in a good position, especially if you take a long shot. I think if you're going to take where you probably can get value, especially if you shop around, is taking long shots. Because we've talked about it before, and I know you guys talk about it regularly. You can find you know, 30 to one at one shop and you can go across the street and find the same team at 60 to one. So you can find some disparity in those numbers mm-hmm. and you can get some, uh, some tickets that have some attractiveness. And again, if you got a 60 to one or something like that and you get towards the end of the season or, or whatever the case might be, you've got the ability to hedge and use that ticket to make a lock in a profit of some type. If that's what you'd like to do for sure. I've been asked this uh, by a couple of people this year about Oklahoma if I'm willing to take a future bet on Oklahoma, and my, my simple answer is just no, I'm not, I'm not going to bet a future in college football, and I'm certainly not going to bet Oklahoma. But could this finally be the year? You have a number four in your power ratings, and I've heard so many people say this might be Oklahoma's best team in like 10, 15 years or whatever overall, top to bottom with the defense as well. And when you look at the teams ahead of them, like they all pretty much lost a lot, right? Bama, Clemson, Ohio, they lost a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, you, you know, their defense has obviously struggled mightily. I think yeah. in their four uh, appearances in the playoff, the 14 the playoff, all losses, they've given up an average of about 50 points a game. <laughs> Alex Grinch has come in there. I think this is his third year as, as defense coordinator, and they've definitely gotten better on defense. Obviously, that's where they've got to improve. Uh, they can't just outscore everybody, especially when they're playing top-shelf competition. But, you know, it's going to be – you just got to think, again, the Big 12 is just not that strong. I, I, you know, Iowa State's a, a game opponent and a worthy uh, top-10 team starting the year, but they get them in Norman. Uh, and I don't think Texas is going to beat them or any of the other teams in the conference. So I think they're going to 
They've got an outstanding opportunity to be in that four-team playoff again, and that offense is going to be exceptional. They recruited so well at the quarterback position and their wide receiver core. They've got a true freshman coming in from the state of Florida this year who's going to be big time, and they just keep piling up those guys at wide receiver. And it used to be, you know, defense wins championships, uh, you know, an offense sells tickets type thing. But now offense can kind of win championships too. Uh, they've got to have a balance. They've got to get better on defense. But, you know, I think they've got at least a shot. By the way, don't say anything nice about Matt Campbell. Paulie's within like four feet of you. He'll punch you right in the face. He doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't like Matt Campbell. Overrated, he said. Well, yeah. I think he's Lombardi. Beat Iowa. Come on. Let's start there. Stop. Yeah, I don't. I, I've, I think he's done an outstanding uh, job to this point, the trajectory of his career. Um, you know, hold that they thought. Had- hold that thought if you can. Mm-hmm. I'm Matt Campbell. Uh, we'll come back with one more segment here with Paul Stone. He's Dynamite on Twitter at Paul Stone Sports. By the way, if you have a question for Paul, FTM at VEASAN.com is the email, FTM at VEASAN.com. We want to see what he likes tonight in college football with a big board. Welcome back with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the largest offer of live and play options. BetRivers Sportsbook, the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and one-time playthrough at your hometown book. Valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. PlaySugarHouse.com in Jersey. Must be 21 and get a 20% profit boost each day of the U.S. Open. How great is that? Learn more at BetRivers.com. We continue with Paul Stone in studio, uh, college football handicapper, better VEASAN contributor as well. Uh, guys, I want to give you this. This came down about 20 minutes ago. It uh, looks like the Rutgers-Temple game is in doubt because of flooding from Hurricane Ida. And uh, I'm just seeing this right now on Twitter. There, there appears to be somebody at uh, NJ.com, one, one of their columnists, who is suggesting maybe push it back to tomorrow or Saturday if they can. Thank God. All so. Right. That game, right. that game that doesn't look good maybe for that game tonight. Okay. Um, How about NC State yeah. and South Florida? This has moved now four points. This is up to 20 now in some spots. NC State 8-4 and four last year. South Florida debacle. Only one win. They beat Citadel. And uh, offensive line was atrocious. Gave up three and a half sacks a game. Any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, they're at South Florida, especially the first half of the season. Jeff Scott's first season as the head coach, former Clemson offensive coordinator. I mean, the Bulls really came out of the gate slow. In their defense, they did get a little bit better at the end of the year. Uh, they still have a long way to go. It's North Carolina State uh, team under Dave Dorn, 8-4 and four last year. But if you take a close look at the games they won, they didn't really beat anybody. Uh, and I'm still I'm somewhat you know bullish on this, this North Carolina State team. Uh, they've got a lot of veterans back, and, and it's going to be anxious to see which way they go. I don't really have a uh, – strong opinion on it. I, I can't take uh, South Florida, you know, under any circumstance. But, the, yeah. you know, now at 20, it, it's hard to, to lay those, yeah. those kind of points with North Carolina State. Okay. Um, what do you think of uh, me betting the Citadel tonight, plus 35 against Coastal Carolina? Now, I know that Coastal Carolina, they've had the entire offseason to prepare for the triple option. The Citadel is going to grind clock. That's all they do. 
uh, but it is 35 points. I'm actually seeing a couple of 35s and a half, uh, 35 and a halves out there uh, globally. But that's kind of my thought is that, you know, if they fall behind early, which could easily happen, it's going to be tough to catch up playing the triple option on offense. But they don't have a history. I went back and looked, Paul, from like 2,000 playing Power 5 teams. They lose these games, but they don't lose like 63 nothing. They're a program that loses like 27-6 and 35-10, to 10, that kind of a deal. Can you get a second half line on this game, or do you know for sure? Because that, that would intrigue me here. That, that's but, a good question. But, you know, you're exactly right. I mean, you hit all the key points. The, the typical college football game is going to have 145 plays. Mm-hmm. And a team like the Citadel running that triple option, uh, they grind clock, and they're going to play some games in the high 120s as far as number of plays. And obviously when you reduce the game and shorten the game, uh, that plus 35 becomes attractive. Sometimes in these types of games, especially playing a, a team like the, the Citadel with a, a, military, uh, a military school, you know, the, the coach might put the brakes on a little bit in the second half. So I was thinking if Coastal comes out and, and puts the hammer down and they're leading, you know, say 27-3 to three at the half, you might get an attractive position on the second half number as well with the Citadel. Because the Citadel, I don't think they're not going to start airing it out. No, it, they're <laughs> it's not, not going to happen. It Thirty times in the second half to come back, and then, and by the same token, you know, Coastal's going to run the ball more, and it could really be uh, a uh, second half, you know, with fifty-five plays or something like that. And you got to think in terms of of number of plays. And you're exactly right. I mean, the Citadel's going to going to grind that clock. All right, my man, let's do it. The big one tonight. Let's get to your three plays. Let's start in the Ohio State Minnesota game. You know, you look at this Ohio State team, and they've got a lot of new faces. Looking at uh, Steel, uh, Phil Steele's uh, magazine, which I think all of us use as a resource, 129th most experienced team in the nation is Ohio State. They're playing their season opener on the road mm-hmm. in a conference game um, with the first-time quarterback and an inexperienced team. Uh, C.J. Stroud's never thrown a pass in a, a college game. I don't think anybody has any doubts that Ohio State has – a superior roster to Minnesota. Uh, but this is a Minnesota team that's got a veteran quarterback in Tanner Morgan. He started 26 uh, college games in his career. They not only have one of the best running backs in the Big Ten in Mohamed Ibrahim, but Ibrahim's one of the best returning backs in all of college football. And I, I like Minnesota plus the 14. I think it's uh, a little bit too many. Uh, I think I made this line 11 and a half. And uh, I think 14, two touchdowns, if you can get the full 14, is a nice play on the Gophers. Okay, that's tonight. Let's go Saturday, NRG Stadium in Houston, a game that's moved Texas Tech in Houston. Yeah, you know, last week I think Texas Tech was pretty much universally uh, giving one and a half points, and now the uh, pendulum's shifted a little bit. Houston now favored by one. Uh, You know, Texas Tech, I think they're just a better football team in my mind. You know, they've got uh, a new quarterback in Tyler Shuck, who's a transfer from Oregon Texas Tech has an underrated uh, receiving core, and they've added a uh, transfer uh, Geiger from Troy who's going to make that receiving core even deeper. I'm not a big Dana Hogerson fan. You know, you look at Houston and looking at mm-hmm. my notes here, they're 6-15 uh, and 15, their last 21 games against FBS opponents. So Houston's not won a lot of football games over the last two seasons or so. I just think Texas Tech's the better team from the better conference. Uh, and I like the Red Raiders. This game's going to be played at Houston, in Houston, as you said, at NRG, but not at the uh, Cougars' home field, but the Texans' home field. Okay. All right. Very good. How about a total tomorrow in the uh, in the Duke Charlotte game? Are you going here for one of your other plays? Here. Yeah. Th- this game last year, 
is a game much like the North Carolina-Virginia Tech game. These two teams played last year. The total closed at 55 uh, last year. Uh, Duke uh, got out early, beat Charlotte 53-13. to 13. You come back this year, again, it closed at 55 last year, did the total. Now the total is 60 and a half. It was actually 61 earlier in the week. You've got a Duke team's going to be starting a first-time starting quarterback mm-hmm. in Gunnar Holmberg. Uh, Charlotte, not a great offensive team. Last year in their, their six-game schedule, they scored 20 or fewer points four times. Uh, neither one of these teams, make no mistake about it, is great defensively. But at the same time, I just think there's some value when the total closes at 55 one year, goes over, you know, considerably 53-19, and now they post it at 60 and a half. I think they've got a lot of hangover from last year, and that has a little bit to do with the posting of this number. I think it's too high. I'm surprised it's over 60. I like Duke and Charlotte under okay. 60 and a half. All right. Duke and Charlotte under. Minnesota plus the points tonight. I'm with you on that one. And uh, What was the number on Texas Tech? Minus yeah. one? Yeah, that, that, they're getting one. They're getting one now. Texas Tech plus one now, pretty much uh, across the board. That was a big move in that game. Someone, what was it, Houston was seven and a half. Didn't that one open? I think it did, yeah, yeah way back when. Wait, long time ago. Right. Okay, very yeah. good. Okay. How about UCF and Boise? I'm surprised this total's come down to 68. It was 72. UCF got a, as a bad defense, and Gabriel, their stud quarterback, and now Malzahn takes over, and you have a new coach in Boise now with Harson leading. Yeah, I wouldn't get in line to bet under on this game. I mean, these teams, um, you know, UCF's defense last year, they gave up a little bit over 33 points a game, gave up almost 500 yards a game. They did have a lot of injuries and a lot of uh, personnel issues where some players got suspended last year, I believe. So I think they'll be better defensively. Mm-hmm. Boise's not uh, – they weren't quite as good defensively last right. year either. So, you know, this is a game that could uh, – you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see it be one where there's a lot of scoring. But like you said, both teams have – you've got new head coaches. You've got Andy Avalos at Boise. You've got uh, Gus Malzahn at, at, at UCF. You don't know exactly. Obviously, UCF's been a team that's played – very, very fast uh, under Josh Heupel, their previous coach. Malzahn typically likes to play fast, too, but you just never know what you're going to get right. when you got two new coaching staffs. But I, I just couldn't uh, I couldn't play it under because this game screams uh, at least the possibility of being a high-scoring game. Okay, let's get to some emails here, ftm at vcin.com. And, Paul, you're very nice. I'm not going to put you on the spot here and say that you're going to answer every question that you get on Twitter as well, but you're very good at responding to people on Twitter as well, at Paul Stone Sports. This is a question that we got from John. How do you think the playoff committee will look at forfeits? For example, Alabama has to forfeit two games but goes undefeated in the games they play and win out. Does the committee say they are still number one? And he's using uh, Alabama as the example. Could be Clemson, could be Ohio State, et cetera. Your thoughts on that? You know, I think certainly the conferences, first of all, some of them have come out and said if you're, you know, if your team uh, – gets a COVID outbreak and, and you're unable to play, that it's going to be a forfeit in the standings. And I really think that this is just my personal belief and not to be political, but I think they're trying to encourage programs to entice their players to get vaccinated. I think it's what they're, what they're trying to do there. But I don't think the committee, if it's just two games, I think there's enough of a body of work in that specific question. If Alabama was, was 10 and 0, that they would get in. If you lose a significant, if you lose, you know, three or four games now, it becomes a, a, a different issue because you might not have enough data points, especially if they're key games against marquee opponents that would bolster your, your power rating or your overall strength in the eyes of the committee. But I think two games you could, you could get by, uh, I think, more than that. Then it starts to be a little bit of an issue. 
Got a question from Troy in Sioux Falls. He's asking you about a specific team total, the Indiana-Iowa game. Do you play team totals? Is that something that you'll look at? Um, he's asking about the under on Indiana because Tex- uh, Iowa has not allowed over 24 points in 22 straight games. But do you ever bet oh, team totals? Really? Yeah, that's a good that's a good nugget, huh? Yeah, I think he's he's owned to something. What is t- what's he seeing? Is he seeing Indiana's team total? It looks, Does he like, have it? It looks like he said 20 and a half is the team total. Is that right with how the point spread works and the total for that game? But it might be a little bit tick high, a little bit higher than that. But yeah, it seems like it might be just a little bit higher. Um, you know, Iowa's played great defense under Kirk Ferentz. I do look at team totals occasionally. It's not something I concentrate on a, a great deal. But uh, you know, Ferentz has played great great defense. Um, I can't fault him. You know, for for looking at that and uh, and he's talking about playing him under. To playing him under twenty and a half, yeah. Yeah, twenty. You know, uh, the more I think, twenty and a half is a little bit low. Maybe you know, if it was above twenty one, I, I might be more uh, might be more excited about that. Yeah, but I might pass on that. I think yeah. it was twenty one and a half under would look good. But twenty. That's a huge key number that you're going through right there. Yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can I can see him scoring twenty one. But if you could get under 20, 21 and a half, like you said, I think that would be playable. Well, great stuff, man. Thanks so much for coming in studio. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Paul Stone Sports. Download, subscribe, listen to the podcast as well, the Paul Stone Sports Pod podcast. Good to see you again. Good deal. Great being with you guys. Everybody have a great weekend of watching college football. Paul Stone. Uh, uh, thanks to him. Mike Palm in studio coming up next. for the DraftKings Sportsbook now and get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Simply download the app, use the promo code BSIN, that's B-S-I-N, and get started with the only top-rated sportsbook that matters. DraftKings, you can bet on it. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Now is the time to plan your NFL betting contest strategy, and the VSIN Pro Football Betting Guide is the perfect place to start. Our experts have won major Vegas contests, and we provide overviews as well as advanced strategies for betting against the spread contests or survivor pools to give you a winning edge. The guide is only $19.99 and is available for instant download right now. Get your copy or sign up for VSIN all. All access and get everything we offer for the entire season at vsin.com slash subscribe. New to VSIN, the best way to learn more about sports betting and how VSIN can help you is to sign up for our free daily email. You'll receive an email every morning with show highlights and expert insights. Sign up for free today at vsin.com slash email. That's vsin.com slash email. If you didn't catch VSIN last week, here's some of what you missed. That's the way I went. Uh, for the Jaguars, and we'll see if I'm wrong. We'll see if they get the seven wins uh, and and get that done there. But what do you make of what we've seen from the Jaguars? Because we're going to spin this into who 